Hey guys, welcome to The Message. Monty here, and I'm really excited to be able to share today's message with you all. We made it. We got through 2023. Give yourself a hand or a pat on the back or a pat on someone else's back because we made it through. And now we are in 2024. What kind of year are you expecting for 2024? You know, at the beginning of every year, I feel like most of us, we make these things called New Year's resolutions. And normally these New Year's resolutions look something a little like... I want to eat better this year, or I want to sleep early and wake up early this year, or I want to go to the gym that I'm paying membership for and I haven't been for six months. Usually we make resolutions and they kind of sound like these kind of small things, usually revolving around health. And don't get me wrong, those things are good, but sometimes it's good to have a bit more meaty goals, such as I want to get better results at my work, I want to get better grades at school, or I want to see a breakthrough with my family, or I want to find the love of my life. You know what? What kind of year are you expecting for 2024? What are we declaring over this year? Because when we think about what a resolution actually is, it's more than just a goal, right? It's, it's, it's a declaration of what we want this year to be. And sometimes those goals, those resolutions that we set, they usually are birthed out of a feeling that there's something that I, I couldn't quite do last year. Something that I wish I could do better based off of last year. You see, we are, we are setting goals. We are setting declarations over the year because we want to see better. We want to see our lives improve. We want to see the lives of others improve. We want to see God do a new thing. And so today, I'm going to talk about what is the new song. Sing a new song. That's today's message title. And so guys, a song is a declaration. What will be different this year than it was last year? What are we declaring over this year? And so in the Bible, there's a few times where it mentions specifically about singing a new song. So we need to pay attention because that means that this whole concept of a new song, a song being a declaration, this is important to God. And so let me read in Psalms verse, uh, chapter 33, verse 3. It says, Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. You see, so many times in the Bible where we talk about singing or praising, the emotion or the concept, the state of being of joy usually follows with that same phrase. When we sing, when we praise God, there should be a feeling of joy should be an expectation of joy. I also like what it says in Isaiah 42, verse 10. It says, Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing His praises from the ends of the earth. Sing all of you who sail the seas, all of you who live in distant coastlands. See, this is kind of encouraging for me because although I'm Australian, I live in Japan. And you could maybe consider Japan to be a distant coastland. You see, no matter where you're watching from, what country, what city, what area of the world you're watching this from, whatever land you're in, God's desire is for us to sing a new song. And that new song becomes the song of the year, becomes the, the declaration out of our heart over the year of what we're expecting, what we're believing for this year. A new song is important to God. And so that's why in, you know, every country, we see the importance of songs. And when we think of songs, we normally just think of what we hear on Spotify or, you know, the top 100 or like whatever it is, right? That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when we think about songs. But 
There's many other areas of society that uses songs for identity, for important things, to convey uh, a very important message. Think about it. Every country of the world has a national anthem. They have a song for the country. You ever thought of that? So Australia has a national anthem. Japan has a national anthem. I'm sure whatever country you're from has a national anthem. Also, I feel like most schools, I know they'd have them in Japan, and I know they have them in the West. Most schools have a school song. I think we call them the Alma Mater. I think it's a Latin name for a school song, but I don't know. <laughs> Just trying to sound smart. But most schools have a school song. And also, a lot of sports teams have some sort of song associated with the team. Because when you hear the crowd and they're chanting for their team, they normally have a chant. What is a chant? A chant is a song. See, people sing songs to encourage their team, to maybe encourage the other people that are singing the song with them. Songs are really important to us as human beings and to the societies we live in. And just the same, or I would say more so, songs are important to God. When I think of songs in the Bible, my mind goes immediately to David, goes to the Psalms. You know, most of the Psalms are written by David. And a lot of those Psalms, if you've ever read the Psalms, you'll realize that quite a lot of them talk about some pretty real stuff that's happening in either David's life or whoever else is writing the song. You see, David, he pours out his heart into his song. And when he writes the song, he's like, oh God, why is this happening? Or why are they chasing me? Or why did this, you know, Jesus help me. Maybe not Jesus, because he didn't know Jesus back then. But a lot of his songs were really real, really raw. But I love David's songs because even in the bad times, he still made an effort to praise God. In the good times, obviously, it feels easier to praise God, yeah? God, thank you for a raise. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my child. Like, it's easy to praise God when things are going well. But when things are not going so well, I feel like it's pretty hard to praise God, to even sing, to even open our mouth, for even a positive word to come off of our tongues. And yet, every time David seems like he's complaining to God, he always turns it around at the end and he says, but my soul will praise the Lord. And I love that about David. I love that because David wasn't a perfect guy, right? He's made mistakes. I am not a perfect guy either. I've made mistakes. So it's encouraging to me to see someone being used by God in a powerful way, even though they're flawed, being able to, in the hardest moments of their life, still choose to praise God. I want to be more like that. Don't you? I want to be more like someone like David who was able to praise God even in the hardest moments of his life. In the Bible, it talks about how David is called a man after God's own heart. What does that mean, a man after God's own heart? I believe that he understood the heart of God. And since David was such a, a praiser, I'm going to use that word, I don't know if that's a real word, but David was a praiser, it tells me that praise is something really important to the heart of God. That praise is something that God values, that God puts, you know, weight on. And so I want to be more of a praiser. In David's situations, there was many times where he praised God in a bad situation. And there's this one moment where David was prophesied to be king. 
right? He had this prophecy and it was kind of lined up and things were going well and he was winning battles and he was slaying giants and he was getting more and more accolades, more and more famous, more and more popularity from the people. And he was also growing in his own maturity, in his own strength, in his own anointing and calling. David was growing and it seems like things were going great. However, there was a king that was in power named Saul. And this guy saw David rising up and up and up. And this guy Saul, he was getting really insecure about it. He was seeing this guy David no longer as a help to him, but as a threat. And so, for the next four years, this king, instead of doing his kingly duties of governing the people and governing the, the country and making sure that enemies don't attack and making sure that all the documents have their hunkor or their seal of approval, instead of doing the kingly things that a king should be doing, he's chasing David. He's pulling his royal resources and his army and he's going on this manhunt for David. For four years, he chases him all throughout the wilderness. It's pretty silly. <laughs> but for David, you can imagine, this was a pretty tough time. Because this king, this man, was someone that he looked up to. Someone that he saw and, and revered and respected. Someone that he served. Someone that he did good things for. You see, David would play his harp or his guitar, whatever you want. And he would play it and he would soothe the king when he was in, in, a, in a bad state. David did a lot of really good things for the king. And yet, this king, this man, is now trying to kill David. You can imagine, because I know, like some of us in life, most of us, we experience what betrayal or backstabbing feels like. I feel like this is another level because this is like actual literally, like King Saul is literally trying to stab David in the back. And so in this moment, in this season, David pours out his heart to God. He sings a song to God. And I love what it says in Psalm 57 in verse 6 to 8. This is David hiding in a cave while King Saul is stomping around trying to find him. He's in the midst of danger, of his life being taken. And this is the song that David sings. Ready? It says, My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will, make, I will wake the dawn with my song. I love this scripture. I love that phrase at the end. I will wake the dawn with my song. You see, David, being human just like us, was going through very real human emotions. God, I don't like the situation. God, I, uh, I'm a little bit worried about this. God, I'm tired. I'm really tired of this God. I'm really tired of this guy chasing me down, trying to kill me. God, what's going on? I feel like a lot of us would end there. <laughs> but David doesn't. He, he goes on. He says, my heart is confident in you. I will praise you. And then he speaks to him. He said, wake up, my heart. Wake up. And I will wake the dawn with my song. I think that's a really amazing attitude to have in the midst of the situation that David was in, that he's still able to sing God's praises. He's still able to not focus on his situation, but focus on God. And I want to be more like that. Amen? I want to be more like David that says, that has the attitude that I will 
wake, awaken the dawn with my song. I will keep on singing. I will keep on praising until the breakthrough comes, until the miracle happens, until God answers my prayer. I will not stop singing until I see what God said he would do. I want to have that attitude. And I think that there's so many things that we can learn from David's life and David's example in this situation. So I've got a few things that I want to talk about that relate to us in this situation and what it looks like to sing a new song in our day and age. So the first thing I want to say is that praise is important to God. To praise is to understand the heart of God. Like we said, David is called a man after God's own heart. So God's own heart must have something major to do with praise, right? Like we can put this together, right? God loves praise. God is a God of praise. God is a God of songs, of singing new songs. You know what happens when we go to heaven? You know what's going on in heaven? Is eternal praise, eternal songs, people singing and praising God forever and ever and ever. It doesn't end. There's no pause. There's no break. There is eternal praise of God. God sits on a throne of praise. Praise is important to God. And you know what's else, what else is interesting? Is that God sings songs as well. Did you know that? Let's have a look at Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. This is a really encouraging scripture. It says, For the Lord your God is living among you, he is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. And He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Yes, God sings joyful songs over us. What is a song? A song is a declaration. God declares goodness over us. God declares that you are chosen. God declares that you are loved. God declares that He has a hope and a future for your life. God declares that in Jesus, we are made righteous, that we are saved, that we are one with Him. God sings over our lives. I think this is a beautiful picture. God is a God of song. He loves songs. And whether or not we realize it, each one of us has a song in our heart that is always playing. Now, we might not be singing those out like verbally or physically, but each one of us has a song that we're playing in our heart. What kind of song do you want to play in 2024, in this new year, in a new resolution, a new decision, a new declaration? I think it's great for us to make a new decision with what kind of song we are going to sing. Because songs are important. And praise is the song of our heart. What comes out of our heart? I want that to be praised. I want what comes out of my heart to be praised for God. Now, we might not be physically singing, but when we thank God, our heart sings. When we focus on God and not on our problems, our heart sings. When we put our trust in Him, our heart sings. When we put God first, our heart sings. The life that we live will reflect the song that we sing in our heart. Songs are really important and they're important to God. God wants us to have a song of praise, a song of joy that bubbles forth from within us. Now, we don't have to be physically good singers. I know that we at church on Sunday, we see these amazing singers on stage or we watch them online and we're like, wow, these guys, really good singers. I wish I could be like them. And so we don't have to be 
like them to be able to sing for God. Amen. We don't have to be able to be physically good singers because some of the most tone-deaf people are some of the loudest singers. And you know who I'm talking about. You've seen some people in your churches. So it's a great thing because people are singing to God. That's why we crank the music up. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, really. but guys, let us not look down on the importance, on the value of actually singing with our mouth. We're talking about the song of our heart, and that's all good and fine and dandy. But there is power when we open our mouth and sing of the goodness of God. When we sing these songs, when we worship God with our mouth, it does something healthy. It does something powerful for our soul. And you know, I, I've had the great opportunity and privilege to be able to be a part of the songwriting team at Lifehouse. I've written quite a few songs in my day. Uh, not so many recently. I'd like to do some more. Um, but there's something powerful in singing a song that comes from your mouth. Amen. And you, I'm not saying that you have to be a songwriter to experience what singing a new song or a good song is like. But if I could encourage you guys that we do have great songs here at church. And if I could encourage you at the beginning of 2024, why don't we make a new decision to try and make an effort to get to church on time or to watch the, the stream on time. It might be a little bit easier for you guys online. But if I could encourage you guys, let's get to church on time. Let's get there for the songs. And I know that Sunday mornings can be really busy, especially for families. You're halfway out the door and a kid poops or a kid throws up and you've got to go back. And I get it. I know there's all kinds of stuff happening. But I want to encourage us that there is power in singing the songs. In Proverbs and in James, it talks about how our tongue has power. The words that we speak have power. I want to use the words that I speak to glorify God. I want to use the words that I speak to sing for God. And it might be difficult to have that opportunity to actually physically sing in our busy lives that we have, right? We have that opportunity on Sundays. I think we should value the time that we get to sing on Sunday. We should protect the time that we get to sing on Sunday. It's easy to think, oh yeah, it's just a few little songs before the Word, but as long as I get there for the Word, then I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. And maybe that might be true for you, but I think we're leaving so much on the table when we don't partake in singing God's praises, in singing songs to God. It does something healthy for our souls. And I want you guys to experience the goodness of what physically singing songs look like. And in, in my own life, in this recent season, it's been a pretty difficult season for me, honestly, just personally. There's been a lot of things uh, that have been compiling around me. And I've been having to relearn the importance of praising God in the hard time, of praising God in any time, to be honest. And it's been doing something really good for my soul, really fresh for my soul, being able to praise God, being able to sing, like the, find some songs and I might sing them at home, I might hum along, I might might listen to those songs. And I want to encourage you guys as well to find some worship music that you like, right? You know, I believe we got great worship music here at Lifehouse, but we're not the only ones that have worship music. Find something that speaks to you. Find something and listen to it. Whether it's on the way to work, in the car, in the train, at the gym, at work, 
whatever it looks like, why not fill our souls with songs of God? Because like I said, I think it does something really powerful for us. And if you have the opportunity to sing at home, and if you're not going to bother your wife or your kids or the neighbors, (laughs) then why not sing at home? It's a beautiful thing to sing the praises of God. God rejoices and our hearts rejoice as well. And that's the last thing I want to say is that we can sing a new song. Like I, I can listen to songs. That's one thing. But am I singing? Am I opening my mouth? And am I singing a new song? The hard things of 2023 don't have to affect what I want to see for 2024, for what God wants to do through me in 2024. Let's leave what happened last year in the last year and let us move forward with a new song, a new skip in our step. Amen. And I love what it says in Matthew 9, 17. Because when we talk about new, one thing that comes to mind is when Jesus talks about new wine and new wineskins. Because who knows that we like to keep the old, right? We like to cuddle the old. And sometimes the new comes along and we're like, I don't really like it. Like, you know, as, as a guy, it takes me a long time to throw away some pieces of clothing. And it drives my wife, Melissa, mad. She's like, why do you still have that raggedy t-shirt? I'm like, it's good. <laughs> it's, still, it's still a t-shirt. It still fits. She's like, throw that t-shirt away. And I'm like, no, because I have to buy a new one. See, sometimes the new can be a bit of a hassle. But God is not a God of the old. Our God is a God of the new. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 9.17. Choose the new. He says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins, so that both are preserved. You see, God is the source of this new wine. And God wants to pour new into our lives. It talks about that in Isaiah, how God says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making rivers in the wasteland. God is a God of the new, of the new song, of the new thing. And God wants to do a new thing in you. He wants to put a new song in you. But sometimes we have to let go of the old in order to grab hold of the new. We have to become the new wine skin. And you know what? I'm not a, a wine connoisseur. I don't know much about wine. I know it looks cool if you smell it and you kind of like swish it around and then taste it and go, ah, yes, a Chardonnay, 1942. Like, it, it, you might seem like pretty cool if you do that, but I have no idea about anything about wine. But what I do know is that a bottle from 1942 is going to taste better than a bottle from 2022. This is just facts. However, we are not called to look at the old. We're not called to always be reminiscing about, oh, the good old days. Oh, I remember those days before the pandemic. Ah, the the good old days when we could do this. this. Hey, who said that these days are not going to be the good, the good, the good new days? Amen. God wants to make these new days the best days yet. Who said that this year won't be the best year that you've ever had? Why don't we declare that over our lives? Why don't we declare that over our year that God is going to do something good and He's going to do something new in our lives and hopefully, in Jesus' name, in the lives of the people that we care about, the people that we are praying for. God wants to do something new. I lastly want to read this scripture 
in Psalm 100, verse 1 to 5. I wanted this to be my prayer for you in 2024. I love this scripture. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Now this, this you know, verse 2, we talk a lot about this at Lifehouse. We talk about it uh, in reference to our dream teams. We say, serve the Lord with gladness. This word, serve the Lord, worship the Lord, is different translations of the same word. You see how they're connected. Worshiping God, serving God, it's all connected. Singing a new song, putting God first, it's all connected. Verse 3, know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I pray that as we enter the gates, enter the courts of 2024, that this would be the song in our hearts. This would be the new song that we sing, is that God, you are good, that your unfailing love endures forever, that your faithfulness continues, that God has always been faithful and He will continue to be faithful, that I am yours are mine. Thank you, God. I want to worship you. I want to serve you. I want to shout to the Lord for joy. God, I pray that this year would be a powerful year in all of our lives. And so I want us to enter His gates with thanksgiving, the song in our heart, knowing that God is good and that God wants to bless you this year. So let's pray together right now and declare this in Jesus' name over our lives. Why don't we pray? Let's raise our hands and we'll pray. God, I thank you for 2024. I thank you that this year is going to be the best year that we've had so far, God. I pray that you would put this new song in our souls, this song in our heart. And I pray that as we go through this year, that we would find ways to be able to actually sing your praises, actually put you first, actually sing of your goodness. And God, I pray that you would help us if we're struggling to get to church on time. God, I pray that you would help us to make a way there. And God, I pray that we'll just be able to go through this year knowing that you are good and that you have an amazing plan for us this year. That we wouldn't look to the old, but we'd look to you and to the new thing that you want to do in our life. God, we praise you. We worship you. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, I just want to pray for anyone who hasn't maybe made a decision to believe in Jesus yet. Now, I know we didn't talk too much about this today, but there's no way that we can sing a new song if we don't have a new heart. And it talks about in Ezekiel how God wants to replace our old, stony, stubborn heart with a heart of flesh, a fresh heart. And that is done when we accept Jesus into our life. When we believe in Jesus, we are made fresh. We are made new. And we are able to have hope. We're able to see how God sees things, to have a heart like God has. And so for anyone who is watching today and you maybe have never made a decision to believe in Jesus or you used to believe in Him in the past, I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say now. And when I do, I want to give you that opportunity to either raise your hand or make that decision in your heart to believe in Jesus, to know Jesus as your Savior, to know that He died for you, to take your sins away, that He rose again and He's alive today. And He wants to help you in 2024. So if that's you and you want to make that decision, let's go. Three, two, one, now. Why don't you make that decision right now? Amen.
Hey, if you made that decision, let me pray over you really quick. God, I thank you for these amazing people making this decision. I pray you come into their life right now. I pray that you would forgive them of all of their sins, that you would fill them with joy, fill them with the new song, give them a new heart, that they are now a new creation in you. And I pray that you would help them this year. Give them a big dream, a big vision for what you could do through them in 2024. We thank you, God, and everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's message. Make sure you stick around for next week's message because it will be Vision Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Pastor is going to be sharing, and I believe it's going to bless your life and bless your 2024. Have a great week. See you then. Bye.